Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hi. Hello. On this week's episode, we are missing our newbie, Matt. Lame, but it's fine. But on this week's episode, we're going to be going over the show School of Rock, the musical based on the 2003 film of the same name. We are also going to be using the Broadway original cast recording, which is on Spotify, which we will link in our show notes. Just a little bit of background for you guys. The music was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber with lyrics by Glenn Slater and book by Julian Fellows. And yes, I realized I did do an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical last time, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's whatever. He also wrote a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But on December 18th, 2014, an official announcement said the musical was set to premiere on Broadway in autumn of 2015. This would make the first show of Webber's Since Jesus Christ Superstar in 1971 to premiere on Broadway rather than the West End, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, he is a he is a London boy. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Webber wanted the musical to focus more on the kids' lives and their parents than the film did, which, to be fair, the film didn't really go super into it, and I do appreciate them kind of rounding up the characters a bit. Mm-hmm. Auditions for children ages 9 through 15 began on January 19th, 2015. Some recruiting actually came from the School of Rock After School Educational Program, which actually has been around since before the film, so that's pretty neat. It still exists today, if you were curious. There were also open casting calls held in New York at the Winter Garden, in Chicago, and in Los Angeles. The show opened on December 6th, 2015, and closed on January 20th, 2019, having run for 1,309 performances. Wow. Yeah, so a long time. The original adult cast included Alex Brightman, who we know and love from Beetlejuice. Yay! Yes. Yeah, this role is actually kind of why he got the role of Beetlejuice, so that's pretty cool. Yay! Yay! Sierra Bodges, Spencer Moses, and Mammy Paris. The child cast included Taylor Caldwell, Evie Dolan, Jersey Sullivan, Corinne Wilson, Carly Gendel, Ethan Kudzenman, Dante Malucci, Bobby McKenzie, Brandon Niederauer, Luca Padovan, Jared Parker, Isabella Russo, and Shahadi Wright Joseph, who, fun fact, actually does the voice of young adult Nala in the live action Lion King. Ooh. Live action? CGI? I, I knew I knew that name looked familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The show transferred to the West End at the Gillian Lynn Theater on November 14th, 2016, and closed just over three years later on March 1st of 2020. Not sure how many performances were actually played. We couldn't find that information. But, I mean, three years worth of performances, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as what we could find, they closed so that the theater could undergo renovations. So, all right. Yeah. I guess that's okay. It's fair, yeah. Yeah. There was a U.S. tour that ran from September 30th, 2017 to June 9th, 2019, after 88 weeks and 63 cities. Nice. There was an Australian tour that ran from November 31st, 2018 to March 2020, and then was canceled because of, uh, you know... That, that COVID thing. The COVID. There was a UK tour announced to open on February 13th, 2021, but of course has been postponed due to COVID. But the show is currently up and running, so go get your ticket. If you live in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> and got money. And got We're money. just going to like fly over there and see it. It's fine. Yeah, because we've got all the money. Totally. Please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> So as far as the reception of this show, most of the reviews were positive, focusing mainly on the child actors. Uh, It was said to work great for Broadway, which I'm not surprised by. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. One quote said that it was essentially the sound of music without the Nazis, (laughs) which is also fair. (laughs) 
I mean, I didn't think about it that way until I read that quote, and I was like, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, it's that, close. That works. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Jack Black, the rock star of the 2003 film, heck yeah, saw a performance and told the cast backstage, "There are so many times I went, I could not have done it that well. You made me laugh. You made me cry. You made me rock." Woo! Aw, isn't that adorable? <laughs> so cute. And so, of course, the show was nominated for a bunch of awards. Sadly, it has only won a few of them. So the West End production won a Laurence Olivier Award, and the Australian production won two Green Room Awards and one Helpman Award. Yeah, so I was kind of sad that, you know, they they didn't get a lot of awards, especially because a lot of them were, it was Alex Brightman that was nominated, and he definitely deserved. He was great in this role. But yeah, so just a little bit of background on the way. It's still a fairly young musical, and I'm excited that it is still, you know, doing tours. Hopefully it'll come back to the U.S. once uh, COVID kind of relaxes itself. Fingers crossed. I would love to see this one. So let's go ahead and hop into our act one. So we open on a performance by the band No Vacancy. We meet the band's guitarist, Dewey Finn, who repeatedly tries to upstage the lead singer in the song I'm Too Hot For You, which is not on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. So unfortunately, the band decides to kick Dewey out, which, I mean, fairly, it's not the first time he's tried to upstage the lead, the lead singer, so whatever. I get it. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Dewey is woken up by his longtime friend and roommate, Ned Schneebly, and his domineering girlfriend, Patty DeMarco. Patty demands Dewey's half of the rent while Ned cowers behind her. After they leave, Dewey goes about his day. He was kicked from his band and fired from his job at a record store, so he spends his time dreaming about getting his break and becoming a superstar in the song When I Climbed to the Top of Mount Rock, which is a great song to start an album off of. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good song. Dewey receives a call from Rosalie Mullins, the principal of the prestigious Horace Green School. She wants to speak to Ned about a substitute teacher position, which will pay over $900 each week. And so, you know, Dewey just kind of pretends to be Ned and accepts the position. Casually, you know. As one should. Yeah. At Horace Green, we see Rosalie doing her best to keep things running smoothly. She greets the guests and their parents as the kids are dropped off in the song Horace Green Alma Mater. Dewey arrives late, hungover, and unprepared. (laughs) The principal warns, quote-unquote, Ned, that he will be expected to meet the school's high standards in the song Here at Horace Green. Dewey arrives at his classroom and introduces himself as Mr. Schneebly. The 13 students are wary of him, fair, and the uptight Summer Hathaway attempts to explain how the class is run. Dewey is disgusted by the rigid system, because you know he's him, Mm -hmm. and he spends most of the day sleeping, leaving the students to do their own thing. (laughs) Yep. Oops. Back at the apartment, Patty asks Ned to go on a jog with her, but he declines, saying he has papers to grade, so she goes without him. As soon as she leaves, however, he gets on his console to play Guitar Hero. Yeah. Nice. Lying in a relationship is great. <laughs> yeah. So Dewey comes home and the two discuss various topics such as teaching and the band that they were formerly in together. Dewey tries to convince Ned that they should restart their music career, reminding him of all the perks of being a rock star. And he mentions the Battle of the Bands that's coming up soon and says they should sign up in the song Variation 7 slash Children of Rock. Patty arrives and breaks up the twos, reminiscing. She is angry at Dewey and tells him he's nothing but a dreamer who will never succeed in the rock business. So she gives him the ultimatum. Pay the rent in 30 days or he'll be kicked out. In the song, Give Up Your Dreams. This song is brutal. She's like, you're a dreamer and that's great, but also you suck. (laughs) She's the worst. She pretty rude. Sounds like it. The next day at school, Dewey is arguing with another teacher when he hears music coming from one of the classrooms. 
he learns that it's his students in music class with Rosalie and the song Queen of the Night. He inquires about what instruments they play and tells them that they are now part of his band and they're set to compete in the Battle of the Bands. Yep. Because Normal. child abuse. I don't know. Uh, child about labor. abuse. Yeah. That's what labor. I was going for. <laughs> I forgot the word for a second. <laughs> it's fine. Child labor. Yes. He begins to switch the students to playing instruments for the band. And so he puts Zach on electric guitar, Katie on bass, Lawrence on the keyboard, and Freddie on the drums. And he also assigns the other students jobs. So he assigns Chanel and Marcy as backup singers and Madison and Sophie as roadies. Mason is in charge of lights. James is a security officer and Billy is the band stylist. Yes. Summer gets angry because she hasn't been given a job, which fair. Yeah. Uh, and so Dewey decides to make her the band manager. I love it. I mean, she's she's perfect for the role. <laughs> right. In the song, You're in the Band. And so he gives the students famous rock CDs to listen to for their homework in the song You're in the Band Reprise, which is unfortunately not in the soundtrack. The children go home and we get a glimpse into what their home life is like. Freddie's father tells him he's not as smart as the other children at Horace Green. Rude. Billy reads a Vogue magazine disguised as Sports Illustrated because his father wants him to take up football. Tamika tells her fathers that she's not making friends, but her parents dismiss her because they love the school. And Zach tries to talk about his day to his father, but his father is on a business call and shouts at Zach to go away. So, A-plus parenting. In frustration, Freddie, Billy, Tamika, and Zach lament that they have so much to offer their parents if only their parents cared. In the song, If Only You Would Listen, which is a super depressing song. (laughs) Later, Chanel and Marcy say they should call the band School of Rock. Dewey falls in love with it and makes up a song for them to practice. In the song, In the End of Time, acapella version. Which is great, because he makes it up on the fly. In the faculty lounge, the other teachers complain that the children have become undisciplined under Dewey in the song Faculty Quadrille. But they also say that the kids like him better, (laughs) and it's not fair. (laughs) Fair. In the classroom, the band begins to practice Dewey's song, and the song In the End of Time, Practice. Which is not on the soundtrack. After playing, Dewey tells everyone they're doing great. However, Zach still seems uncomfortable and rigid, so Dewey tells him he needs to get angry at the man in order to really rock. He explains that the man is responsible for everything that's wrong with the world. So Dewey and the kids get angry and shout about how they're going to stick it to the man in the song, Stick It to the Man. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a great song. Because the band is stuck in school, you know, because they're children, mm-hmm. they all sneak out to make it to the Battle of the Band's auditions on time. They arrive late, but when the manager's about to leave, Summer convinces him to stay and lies that all the students have terminal illnesses. So they are allowed to audition in the song In the End of Time, the audition, not on the soundtrack. And then they qualify and celebrate their success in the song Stick It to the Man Reprise, not on the soundtrack. Woo! Woo And that is the end of this act as they're, you know, preparing to go into the Battle of the Bands with his stolen children. (laughs) You would think that a competition like this would maybe have like an age limit? (laughs) No. Not in this world. (laughs) There is no limits on rock. (laughs) Yeah, so how do we feel about this first act? Yep. Musical. Wow. No, I mean, this has always been a... It's a great movie, you know? Like, it's a great story. It's a good time. I love this movie. Like, it is a little unbelievable <laughs> because, like, who's gonna let kids be in a rock competition? But it's fine. It's just a good time. And I can see how this works really well on stage. Yes. And they did talk about that they they did use the songs that were in the movie. They, they kind of lessened the actual, like... Like, quote-unquote, real rock music that mm-hmm. they did, you know, use. 
because Andrew Lloyd Webber says like you can you can only do so much hard rock at a theater audience before yeah. they get tired of it, which fair. Mm-hmm. So he he added you know the extra songs and and still danced around the original theme and everything. So I think yeah it it translated pretty well, easy fit you know. But Kylie, what do you got for us for intermission today? Instead of a theater fact today, we feel that it has to be said that Kevin Clark, who originated the role of Freddy, the percussionist in the 2003 film, passed away on May 26, 2021 at the age of 32 from a traffic accident. It came as a shock to the community and he's very well missed. So we are dedicating this intermission to him. Yeah, so it kind of came out of nowhere last Mm -hmm. year. Really took everyone by surprise. It was really sad to hear and having, you know, grown up with the movie, it was that huge shock shock to hear he was so young so we just yeah wanted to wanted to dedicate this one to him but with that sadness out of the way how about we i don't know just rock our way into act two is that too easy strum our way strum so 36 hours before the battle of the bands the students are working hard to prepare with, with summer in charge while dewey attends a faculty conference the students realize they don't have costumes yet which billy says aren't ready to be seen yet but the students force him to show them and they end up hating it. So Billy goes back to the drawing board and all this takes place in the song Time to Play. So Summer's ordering everybody around and getting them in line. At the faculty meeting, Rosalie reminds everyone about Parents' Night, which is extremely important. Dewey discovers through this process that she is a secret rocker and loves Stevie Nicks, which fair. When Dewey gets back to the classroom, Tamika summons up the courage to tell him that she actually wants to sing. She says she didn't originally say something because she was too nervous and she doesn't believe that she should be a backup singer. All right, get him, girl. You do you. She sings in front of everyone, amazing them all, in the song Amazing Grace, which is not on the soundtrack. Of course. So the students catch wind of Rosalie coming, so they quickly cover all the instruments with Thanksgiving-themed items, and Dewey breaks out into a fake lesson. When Rosalie challenges him, saying there were reports of music coming from his classroom, Dewey accuses the other teachers of being on crack. As one does. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the go-to. But he does eventually admit that he uses music to teach quote-unquote boring subjects. Rosalie, of course, argues that there are no boring subjects and tells Dewey that she'll be sitting in on the rest of his lesson. Uh-oh. Nervous, he makes up a song about math in the song Math is a Wonderful Thing, which is not on the soundtrack. Rosalie is not impressed, but Dewey decides to take her out to a bar after work. Woohoo. Later that night, Rosalie and Dewey meet up at a bar and have a few drinks. Dewey plays a Stevie Nicks song on the jukebox, causing Rosalie to let loose, and she laments about how she feels she has lost her inner music in the song Where Did the Rock Go, which is super sad and definitely sounds like a Stevie Nicks song. Rosalie promises that if the parents' meeting goes well the next day, she will help Dewey and School of Rock go to the Battle of the Bands. And Dewey impulsively kisses Rosalie and they part ways. So there might be some real feelings wow. there. Wow. Wow. Dewey arrives home just as Ned is going through the mail. Ned finds Dewey's paycheck, which is made out to Ned, and uh, is confused, obviously. Whoops. Uh, and so Dewey explains the impersonation. Ned goes into a panic attack, but Dewey manages to calm him down and makes him promise not to tell Patty. Please. Just don't tell Patty. The next day, the students rehearse their song, but Zach reveals that he wrote his own song for the band in his free time. Dewey is floored by Zach's talent and has him teach the song to the rest of the band in the song School of Rock Band Practice, which is not on the soundtrack. In the middle of practice, Rosalie unwittingly brings the students' parents to the classroom, and they are appalled at what is going on. Whoops. Whoops. Dewey slowly convinces the parents to see the band in a positive light by focusing on the kids' talents. 
Patty and Ned burst in, and Patty, who pulled the information from Ned, which doesn't surprise anyone, nope. tells the parents about Dewey's lie, sending the parents into a rage. In the commotion, Dewey and the kids escape in the song Dewey's Confession. Yeah, so like I totally understand the parents' outrage, yeah, though. <laughs> sure. Like, who is this man that's been teaching my kid? Also, he he makes the mistake of being like, they've they've touched me, and I've definitely touched all of them, and they're all like, oh my god, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not what we mean by touching. He definitely doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Yeah, real bad. As Rosalie paces nervously in the halls, she finds Mason and reminds him that Dewey isn't who the students think he is. Mason counters that he is a role model regardless of his true name. Rosalie is touched by this and misleads the parents to buy the children more time. The children use that extra time to bolster Dewey, who has given up on his dream and ran back to his room like a sad face. Wow. The children tell him that they all need him. He's the only one who listened to them. In the song, If Only You Would Listen, reprise. Patty tries to stop them, but Ned finally stands up to her and accompanies them to the battle. Suck it, Patty. The band arrives just as No Vacancy is finishing up their performance, and the song I'm Too Hot For You reprise, which is not on the soundtrack. Wow. That's like the theme of this uh, show today. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dewey decides that they should play Zach's song instead and accept the new co- costumes from Billy. Parents arrive, but are not allowed backstage by security. Zach's father shouts at him that the band is stupid and ridiculous. Rude. Zach finally stands up to him, telling him that the band means more to him than his dad does. Ouch. I mean, Fair, but his also dad ouch. is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> so the School of Rock performs Zach's song and the crowd goes wild. The parents watch from an empty box seat and each of them slowly falls in love with the band and the amazing talent that their kids have. Each of the instrumental students also get their own solo and Tamika sings lead with Dewey, which is super cool. Yay. By the end of it, Zach's father is frozen with pride and has to be pulled away by Summer's mother in the song School of Rock, Teacher's Pet. After the performance, Rosalie and the band's parents congratulate the group, as well as Ned, who has decked himself out in full heavy metal gear for the battle. This man's. (laughs) As you should. He's going back to his roots. (laughs) Unfortunately, the winner of the competition is announced as No Vacancy, which no one agrees with. Mm -hmm. The band is disappointed, but Dewey assures everyone that winning didn't really matter because they did something even more special. Patty enters with a police officer and tries to get Dewey arrested for fraud, but Rosalie convinces the officer that Mr. Finn is Horace Green's official band coach. Da-da-da. The audience is chanting for School of Rock, so they go back out and play an encore, and the song Stick It to the Man, Encore. Whoa. After their song, Dewey and Rosalie kiss, and the two mix her classical singing with his heavy rock music, implying that change is coming to Horace Green and his curriculum because of the band and Dewey. The song finale. The Ooh. end. Woo. Woo. Yeah, so this this show, if you actually like really dig deep into it, it doesn't have the best message. Yeah, it doesn't have the worst one. Yeah, right. It's not the worst one we've covered, but the overall message is really nice. It's like, you know, support your kids' dreams. I mean, it's not like that hard. Yeah. But the, the strange man coming into a, a school and kidnapping children, I mean, we don't have to think about that mm-hmm. part. <laughs> no. It's wholesome shenanigans. <laughs> we also believe in a man that comes into children's houses and leaves them gifts, so. That's true. At at least Dewey is teaching them skills yeah. instead of giving them presents. And taking their cookies. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so like Dewey never had any ill intentions. He just went about things in a weird way. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love the show. It's really good. And it's very true to the movie while also, you know, bringing new elements to it, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd, I've grown up with that movie and the show 
makes me very happy. Especially as Alex Brightman playing Dewey. Perfect Mm -hmm. role, by the way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, what do you guys think? I liked it. All right. It was a good time. But yeah, so this, this show is mama approved. It is very, you know, wholesome aside from the whole, I mean, the, yeah, we already mm-hmm. talked about that. But it is, you know, it's a clean show. Yeah. And it's great, great to take your kids to. Especially, again, we, we've talked about in the past, like seeing children on stage, like as yeah. a child, that's got to be really encouraging to go into and explore like the theater business and everything like that. And this, the, yeah, the show focused heavily on the children and their talents. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. So we encourage everyone to go listen to this one and go see it if you, it is all possible. It is, of course, currently touring the UK. So if you're in that vicinity, go ahead and check that out. When it comes to the US, we will gladly try and see it because it is, it's, it's probably up there in, in my favorite shows. Maybe not the top 10, but it's up there. I, I don't mind listening to this soundtrack. But yeah, I think that's all we got. For, I think that's all we got for you on this one. Wow. Yeah. Like and subscribe to us wherever you happen to get your podcast. This ensures that you'll get our latest episodes as soon as they are posted. And if you happen to be on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. It helps boost us up in the numbers. And we also would love to see reviews on Spotify as well. Yeah, they're new. So give us the reviews there too. And love. Be super dope of you. Of course, the best way to help us is via word of mouth. So please tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, any small children you're hopefully legally teaching. Yeah. We're, we're more or less kid-friendly, so mm-hmm. uh, we, w- we wouldn't mind that. Typically. But yeah, we really just appreciate it. It helps us grow organically if you, you know, your friends tell friends and all that kind of thing. Heck yeah. And it would be pretty rocking if you wanted to reach out to us, chat with us, all that fun jazz. So the best way to do that is to email us at savemeanowseat at gmail.com. Or you can find us all over the interwebs. We're on Facebook at Save Me an Owl Seat. We're on Twitter at Save an Owl Seat. We're on Instagram at Save Me an Owl Seat. And we're on YouTube under the Ragtag Network. All over the place. Of course, if you want more shows and things that we've got going on, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. It's also where you can find our merch. You can just put a slash merch on the end of there and go see what we've got rocking in our merch store. So... Yeah. 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 I think that's going to be it for us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. If you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtagnetwork. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.